Hey, you found us. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast. I'm Ben Glixman with my tag team partner, Matt Story. And neither of us found out about the uh, secret Top Golf uh, official visit meeting that we snuck to and swear, <laughs> swear, swear that ASU didn't pay for anything when we were there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I mean, a story that seemed like a, a kind of nothing to me. Um, I mean, you know, there's other bigger fish to fry, I'm sure, with the. Uh, recruiting violations and stuff but yeah i i read that and thought you know, boy if i mean if this turns out to be the worst thing that gets discovered then i think we're in pretty good shape yeah i, don't, I doubt it will be but if so i mean haller said it was a foia request a freedom of information act request right. and it was one level three minor infraction yeah it's, yeah not bad you know so uh, you know now granted i i think that something that he put in that story is relevant to the rest of it, which is when they had the meeting with the compliance people, the focus was on how to keep this from being Herm's fault and not <laughs> what are the rules. Right, right, right. Yeah, yeah. I mean, again, I think there's more that, you know, serious stuff. Well, I mean, there's more serious allegations that have already come out. I'll, I'll say this, and, you know, I... I like Doug Haller and I like the athletic, the athletic. I, I enjoy, I, you know, I like their general approach to things. But when I read the tweet that said it, I thought, Oh God, what, what now? And then when I read the story, I thought, boy, that didn't live up to the billing. Like the, the tweet made it seem like big news, ASU, here's some more stuff. And I'm like, Oh no. And then I read it and I thought, that's it. Where's, you know, is this all there is type of thing? Well, and what's, what's, I guess to me, I'd be curious to know what the request specifically asked for and what the response specifically said, because I am sure they were were not going to give them things for ongoing investigations. No, I'm sure you're right. And so what I take this to be, if I'm an ASU fan, is maybe a positive that, you know, they can't burn us down and say it's a pattern if this is the only thing that's you know unless there's a bunch of other stuff still ongoing besides what we know about with the with the dead period if this is it and it's like there's the dead period violations and before that this is all there is Mm -hmm. okay well that's not a pattern of bad things that was you know a series of bad choices but all stemming from a single decision of well we're gonna still recruit during the dead we're gonna still recruit right right yeah yeah which it it, which is probably a good decision considering how poor our recruiting is going now when other teams are also trying (laughs) yeah 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 i mean well and i mean the looming uh cloud over the program certainly doesn't help we've had what got three or four or five you know four star guys decommit that you know maybe one or two would have changed their minds, but I doubt all of them would have, mm-hmm. um, you know, so, but Hey, that's why, as we've said, this year feels important. And for the first time, it feels like we might just be able to deliver on that expectation. I'm not saying, I mean, I'm not getting ahead of myself, but the way we played, especially in the second half against UCLA to transition to now, uh, was the first time it took, I think I texted you this. It took 10 halves of football but we finally saw the team I hope to see. Yeah, look, they went on the road to the Rose Bowl, 24-23 at the half. We're up by one after yeah. a multitude. riddled with a mistakes mul- and mental errors and 
penalties and dumb stuff, but we still had the lead. And then, and then we, the second half was we shut them fantastic. out. Yes. I, you know. The second half was, was look, I, I mean, I know you're not going to play that well every minute of every game. The other team, you know, has good coaches and good players. And, you know, I, I, I realize that. But the second half was what I thought we could see from this team. Of We are better. We are going up against another top 25 team and we are better and we are asserting ourselves. And I thought, finally, and, and it's not too late. You know, I mean, as much as ragged as the first three games were, we didn't lose a conference game. We're two and zero in the conference. Uh, we Everyone we else in the South is. Got, well, I guess Utah doesn't have a loss yet, but they've certainly struggled. It doesn't yeah. feel like Utah's invincible or anything. Um, you know, USC's got two, Colorado's got two, Arizona's got one. Well, and, and we're effect- got one. well, and we're effectively a two-game lead on UCLA. On UCLA, yeah, yeah. So I mean, you know, look, there's still seven games to go, and I said it before last week, and I'll ma- I'll maintain it. This three-week stretch is going to tell us where this team is going, and all we've done is one one of them. And if we drop the next two, you know, everything's off the board. And if we only even just split them. Then it feels like that's a it's a grind. We still got a shot to, to win the South, but it's you know. But if we win these next two going into that bye week, and you look at the last you know five games, you got home games with Washington State, SC, and Arizona. None of them look great. I mean, SC might be folding by that time. I mean, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, they look like the most talented of those three, but they haven't looked good all year, really. Um, and yeah, by then, you know, if they lose another game or two in the meantime, like, you know, they, who knows what you're going to get from them. The road games to Washington and Oregon state are no gimmies, either one, but you feel like, well, if you, you know, I mean, really worst case, and this is worst case, if you win these next two and you win your three home games, I think we pretty much win the division. Yeah. Because even if we dropped both road games, we'd have head to head tiebreakers on everybody in the South. Except Utah. Well, I'm saying we beat you. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Saying, if I'm we win the we next win two, the next I'm two. sorry. Yes, yeah. you're right. If I'm we win the we next two. Three, we drop I, Washington and Oregon and, State. Yeah. If we win the next two and win our home games, we clinch. That's Then we're pretty much, yeah. I mean, we'd need Utah to lose one other game and UCLA to lose one. But I think that's pretty safe to say it will happen. I mean, I, you know, like I don't. Uh, you know, we'd have well, and they're gonna they're gonna play each other. They're so that's play one each other. So one of them, is, right, right. You know, so teams beat up each other too. It's not like everybody plays outside the division. So I don't know. I mean, I'm getting ahead of myself. I know that, um, but that's why I say these next two feel like like of our remaining home games. I'd say Stanford looks like the toughest one, and and I think you know Utah. Yeah, we didn't handle being on the road very well in BYU. But Utah hasn't been great this year. And so if we can win these two and their ifs, you know, boy, the, the door is open. But, uh, you know, let's not get away from the UCLA game just yeah. yet. I don't well, want to spin so it forward just yet. You know, let's, let's, talk let's, about let's discuss what happens. Yeah. My, uh, my big takeaway, and I've read the stories, I've listened to the Talking Heads podcasts, mm-hmm. and I, I have landed on, for me, the biggest takeaway is, I think what we saw was Zach Hill's coming out party. He, Maybe so. I, yeah. I, I don't know if it was coaching from the box or what, but he he exploited the zero man coverage. Yeah, yeah. And, and, and look, all credit in the world to Daniels 
uh, as you and I texted on, on the deep pass to Pearsall, I yes. thought he was going to overthrow him. I just <laughs> thought he was going to overthrow him and he didn't. He put he enough air not. under it and Pearsall ran under it and yeah. it was a great play. And, yeah. and the, you know, the screen pass that Pearsall took to the house was, you know, that was just a good play call. It was. And, and, yeah, it was. and bad, you know, it was the right call against the right defense and the, by the little motion play. Yeah. Drew, yeah. drew the secondary or drew the coverage over making people think that I think that was Bunkley Shelton. Yeah, um, I think you're right. Was yeah. going to be the primary target, and he was a blocker. But both of the both of the defensive backs crashed on him, so he was able yeah. to block two for the price of one, and that's yeah. what sprung Pearsall. Agree. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was well. We had three touchdowns of forty plus yards. The two Pearsall and catches the run. and the and the white run at the beginning of the second half. Um, Which that was know, an impressive it, run. <laughs> it was, it was, because it should have been about a five-yard gain. It looked mm-hmm. like, you know, it was, it was certainly not a, you know, oh, he just had a monster hole and burst through it. Uh, you know, he had to, he had to keep it the play alive. Um, and, and great vision being back certainly helped. Great vision, no doubt, no doubt. Yeah, I mean, he's been good, and train him helps. You know, I mean, I, I you know, I know Howler pointed that out in his article after the game. Uh, you know, he didn't have monster numbers, and yeah, White's been good, but. Having Trainum in there makes a big difference. You know, he's, he's a grinder, and we, we looked the best we have all year, and maybe not coincidentally because he was out there. Yeah, and that's not to take away from what Nada no. gave us as a, as a replacement, but Trainum, you know, Nada is a similar running back to White. Trainum is yes. not. Tra- yes. Trainum is a wrecking ball, you know? Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I mean, I, I, I still think we need to get Nada the ball at time. I mean, you know, like, it's tough. you got three running backs. There's only so many carries to go around, and we, we don't have an offensive line that is capable of, you know, we're just going to turn and hand it off 45 times in a game. We don't we don't have that. But, uh, you know, we got to find a way to keep all three of these guys involved because they're all good players. Mm-hmm. And, and with the receiving court that's been a little shaky, and that's maybe being generous, you know, you get them the ball in the passing game, which we've done. You know, White has has been a pass catcher. Nada has been a pass. You know, so yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I I love the wealth of talent we have there. Um, you know, interesting. I don't don't want to say this in the wrong way, but it's interesting that the passing game looked maybe as good as it has all year when Johnny Wilson didn't play. And I don't know if that's just coincidence, but it like are we forcing it to him when we shouldn't? Are we get? Is he out there when he? Like, I'm not saying we should bench him or, or release no. him from his scholarship, but maybe maybe there's lessons to be learned there that maybe we're, we're forcing it down his throat when like we should just let it come to us. Yeah. I, I thought this was comfortably – I mean, I'm not breaking new ground in analysis here. I thought this was comfortably the best game uh, that Daniels has had this season. Agreed. And on the heels of what was his best game to that point, which was Colorado. Like the yeah. last two weeks, he has looked pretty solid. Uh, you know, I mean, and and it's one of those things. I mean, I'm kind of I'm kind of taking Howler's point that he made after the game about the team in general, but maybe adapting it to Daniels, which is like maybe I need to. And I and I had this discussion a lot about him, and I'll just say I. And you can agree or disagree. You know, maybe I've been holding him to this standard that he needs to be able to put up games of you know, thirty-one for thirty-nine for you know. 400 yards and four touchdowns and that's just not him and that's okay you don't have to be that 
you can have the stat line that he had against UCLA and be very effective. You know, maybe he's not Peyton Manning, but maybe he doesn't have to be. I, I agree with what you're saying. My view on, on that is if you just gave me Player X's stat line, I would say, this guy's pretty good. You know, yeah. you can win with this guy. But when yeah. you tell me that it's him and all of the expectations right. and right. all of the hype, then I say, okay, well, this is a competent college yeah. quarterback. This isn't, You're right. This isn't You're right. even, I, you know, the, the games the last two weeks have been solid, good games. Yeah. But, you know, the Colorado game, I, I think you take the grain of salt. This game, sure. yes. But it's also, as we talked about, you know, a busted coverage and a broken play was, you sure. know, 120 sure. of his yards. You're right. You're right. And, and and that, I guess, maybe I'm I'm not – I don't disagree with you at all. You're right. I mean, we, we've been told how, how this is the best quarterback in the history of the program, and, and so that raises expectations. And maybe I'm just kind of like not – not dumbing it down, but maybe just like making it more realistic. Yeah, we've seen two and a half years worth of him now. I mean, I know last year was was not even a you know not even half yeah. a season worth of games, but nonetheless, like we've he's got what uh, he made what twelve starts in twenty nineteen. He made four last year. He's got five this year, so that's twenty one starts. Yeah, we've we've seen a, enough from him to kind of know what he is and what he isn't. Oh, and, I agree. And, you know, and, and so maybe if he's this, like, here's the thing. His ASU legacy, I think, will be defined by how many games we win over the next seven. Yeah. Like that, you know, not not if he puts up 350 passing yards a game and five touchdowns a game, because that's probably not him. But, you know, if we go 11-1 and one and get to the Pac-12 championship game, then he has a chance to be remembered as one of the best quarterbacks in school history. Yeah. If we flop and finish 8-4... Then you know. Then I think we'll look and say, "Well, boy, the, the wins and the stats were not really there." Yeah, to be that. I I agree with you. I think that if he he is not going to win the Heisman, he's not going no. to probably be the conference player of the year, and he frankly probably won't be the team's offensive MVP. No, but no. okay, yeah. But that doesn't matter if they win. That's, right. And right. that's your point. Like, if, if, if the out, I mean, this is Taylor Kelly all over again. The outcome yeah. was Taylor Kelly won a lot of games. So, yeah. in my yeah. mind, Taylor Kelly is, you know, the platonic ideal of an ASU college quarterback. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I mean, and, and we probably, I mean, we do it at every level, well, at least college and pro. We give too much credit to the quarterback for winning games and, and you know, not look at the rest of the team. I mean, Jane Daniels could play the exact same way. And if we didn't have the defensive performance, especially in the second half and the running game, we lose that game on Saturday. And, and we're probably sitting here saying, oh, he's just not playing good enough. Well, you know, he played the exact same game. You know, I mean, football is, is not a one man game. It's not, it's not basketball where you could say, well, Jordan, you know, Jordan willed his team to wins or LeBron willed his team to wins or Giannis or whatever. You know, and we do that too much with quarterbacks. I'm the oh, hand up. I do that. Mm-hmm. Um, but nonetheless, I, I think that's where we're at now with Daniels because because the unbelievable individual production probably isn't going to be there. You know, yeah. it's just well, like, he's not going to throw for 
45 touchdowns. He's not going to no. rush for 12 touchdowns. Yeah, he's not going to have a Tua at Alabama or a, you know, Baker Mayfield at Oklahoma type of stat line where you're like, oh my God, this guy is, he's transcendent. Yeah, he's uh, not, not undeniable. No, he's not. He's not, you know, and, and, and that is a bit disappointing because I thought he could be. But if he's good enough with what he's doing to, you know, to get us 10 or 11 wins and get us to Las Vegas in the first weekend of December, then that would be a pretty big, you know, because the only time we've been to the conference title game, who was the quarterback? Taylor Kelly. Mm-hmm. Who's the guy that we both agreed was the best quarterback since we started college? Taylor Kelly. Mm-hmm. Is Taylor Kelly really a better just pure quarterback than Andrew Walter, Brock Osweiler, probably not. But you could count on him, and he he delivered when it mattered. And maybe that's maybe that's where Jaden Daniels is going to fall. We'll see. Well, and what I'm wondering, and I think you you and I talked about this a couple weeks ago, is you know what is Zach Hill's scheme? What is his system? How how does right. it work? Well, maybe have we found it? Like, is what we saw against Colorado and more what we saw against UCLA? Because the offense, you know, the defense figured it out and the special teams got out of its own way in the second half. But the offense scored all game. Yeah. Yeah, it was very good. It was very good. And and really against Colorado, I mean, like, we only had 14 points at the half, but I think that was on maybe three. It was a low possession game. Yeah, You know, it wasn't like we were punting over and over again and we had 14 points. It was 14 points, but maybe like four possessions in the first half. Mm-hmm. And then I think we scored touchdowns on the first three possessions of the second half or three of the first four, something like that. So, uh, yeah, I mean, the offense has looked better. Um, the defense, you know, wasn't great in the UCLA game. I mean, I, I think it's important to, you know, we shut them out in the second half, but that was with a missed field goal and a stop on fourth and, you know, one at the three-yard line or something. So they moved the ball. Yeah. But but well, but, but the flip side you know, is it's not their fault that the punt got muffed. It's not their fault, exactly, you know. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> true, true. We gave we gave them six points in the first half off, uh, you know, dumb mistakes. We were seven points. They were going to kick a field goal. Instead, they go down and get a touchdown because we put 12 men on the field on a punt. And then the DJ Taylor muffed punt at the end of the half, which gave him three points. So, you know, I thought the defense was was good. I don't want to say great, but it's a good offense too. Yeah, I mean, I, I, the defense a good quarterback. They got good running backs. Like you, you, you know, again, the other team has good players too. I suppose. Well, and the defense, I you know maybe maybe I'm wrong because you see such good defensive performances in the rest of the country, but the defense is a good enough defense to win games. I agree. I you agree. Know? Yeah, I mean, you know, the game we lost, we, what, 27 points? Mm-hmm. I mean, that's that's enough, and, and that was, God, we had, what, four turnovers? Mm-hmm. We had, you know, we turned it over on the very first play of the game, a fumbled, you know, kick return that gives them a short field. Uh, you know, we, we had another turnover, I think, that set up points, you know. <laughs> the uh, one defensive so turnover turned the ball back over. Turn, right, right, you know. So, yeah, I mean, I think defensively we've been – above average to good uh and that's what i expected I, you know i did not i did not expect us to look like georgia this year like you, you know i mean it's first of all it's just a different style of football in the pac-12 i don't know that the pac-12 is is conducive to being you know dominant defense but georgia's got you know how many five-star athletes does georgia have and how many do we have there yeah. you know that's all you need to know georgia's got you know seven five stars on their defense we have none 
Maybe have, one if Merlin Robertson was considered one. I don't no, know. No, he wasn't. We have zero. I don't think he was. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, you know, it's different. Oh, but well, you know, no, we, you know what? I take it back. We do have one. Jack Jones. Oh, gosh, yeah, yeah, I guess so, yeah. <laughs> going going way back, yeah. Uh, you know, but, yeah, I mean, it's different. They've got they've got beasts. And, and again, we're not competing with them. If, yeah. if we get in a game with them, then things have gone extremely well. Um, and, you know, we'll probably get beat, but it'll be a hell of a ride to get there. Uh, but, you know, overall, I mean, I think it's been good enough. And if the offense continues to, you know, click and, and we just get out of our own freaking way. I mean, that's the thing. We lost the BYU game in large part because we could not get out of our own way. That's nothing. That's taken nothing away from how good BYU is. They're good. But 16 penalties and four turnovers. They well, lose by 10. And we almost right, lost, yeah, and we almost lost this game. You know, UCLA hung in this right. game because we did the same thing. Right. Bad penalties, half, bad turnovers, doing that. bad yeah. mental mistakes. You know, I mean, we talked about it, and, and I get it. I, I, I read the Haller story, too. He, he's yeah. a talented kid, and he, he wanted to make a play. But sure. the first time Taylor took the ball out of the end zone, you tell you either sit him or you tell him, hey, look, you stand yeah. on the goal line, and if it's over your head, you just let yeah. it run. Yeah. But yeah. then he does it again, and then he doesn't. And then he doesn't count the guys. That's the returner's job. Is you count yeah. the guys? Which is bad. And then I mean, the worst of all was the muff punt at the end of the half. That was just inexcusable, yeah. dumb. Why we even had a returner back there? I you don't know. Just put your normal defense uh, out. If you, yeah, I mean, the way they, yeah. the way that they botched the timeout usage. Yeah, Which gets overlooked in all of this. We did call a timeout, so we're clearly not being aggressive. Like, we called we a timeout on, on second down, after second yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, I mean, like, that's the dumb thing. Like, we let the, if you're going to let the time run down and just say, you know what, we're up by four, we're going into the half, we're happy, then just be happy. Don't have a returner back. If the ball gets down at the half-yard line with three seconds to go, you do a quarterback sneak and you go into the locker room. Mm-hmm. Who cares? You know, I mean, like, that was just... You, you don't do that. You certainly don't try to field it on the bounce. And I'm glad. I mean, you know, look, he should be out there tomorrow night. You know, I'm not by any means saying he should be done as the kick returner. He's got, you know, explosive ability and, and it could win us a game. But it was a good move to not have him back there the rest of the game. He was he was clearly just doubling down on his mistakes. And it was, it was a half to watch from the sideline. And I'm glad they made that decision. Yeah, agreed. But, you know, I mean, the Haller article, you know, they talked about Taylor, and I related it to Jaden Daniels, but it may just be this this team, like, you know, and maybe maybe we just have to, you know, realize, like, this team isn't Alabama or Georgia. We're going to have some, some you know, Roller frustrating <laughs> moments. You know, we're going to have some moments like, what are you doing, you know? But, you know, so far it's been good enough to win four out of five games. It's been good enough to win the first two conference games, and – and I mean, my optimism is at its highest level since the season started. Yeah, I, I mean, will say that we're off we're, that win. We're back to ranked. I I, I wonder yeah. if this is the latest we've ever been ranked under Herm. It's a good question. Might be. Um, I'm trying to think. I think it is. Yeah, because yeah, we've I mean, been ranked before, but we've last always... year we weren't ranked at all. Were or no. were we were we ranked to start the year? I, when we finally started, I don't think we were. Right? No, because I think we, I think we were preseason when everyone thought there was going to be a right. season. But by the time we started playing, we weren't ranked. Yeah, anymore. yeah. 
yeah, and then we lost the opening game, so we obviously never moved in after that. Um, yeah, I think you're probably right, which is kind of sobering because we're not even halfway to the season, but you might be right. Uh, you know, so look, all of this can can be erased with a crappy performance tomorrow, and it's a team that will take advantage of a crappy performance. And I don't think Stanford is. They're not Andrew Luck, Toby Gerhardt, Stanford by any means. But they are good enough to – I mean, they just beat Oregon, who was number three in the country, maybe a little overrated, but still. Um, and, and so they're good enough to beat you. And so if you come out and look like you did against UNLV, you'll walk away with a loss, and it'll be, you know, uh, boy, remember how good we felt? Yeah. This is, this is one of those things where the the historical ASU – fan view is this is the kind of game we lose it's a letdown after after a win after a big win on the road yeah it is is. and it's a game you could certainly lose i mean this isn't a a pushover team but the flip side is stanford just had a big win that you know this might be you know i i think that tomorrow night you're going to see two teams come out flat and Am it's going to take Am a little I? while for the game to even feel like yeah. it's flowing. A couple big wins and a short week. One mm-hmm. last day, obviously. That you know that that's a classic Pac-12 scheduling. I don't, you know, the, the, the Pac-12 makes me scratch my head on so many things. But their continued insistence on scheduling short week games not after a bye. When you could do that, other conferences do it. Mm-hmm. You know, you see other conferences, they have a Thursday game. Those teams have the Saturday off before. And, and they just do it over and over and over again. I mean, I know it's, it's um, you know, Washington's playing Arizona in a couple of weeks on a Friday. They both play the week before, I believe. Like, I just, I mean, neither of those teams is great, right? I know, but I just, like, I just don't, I don't know. They can't get out of their own way when it comes to scheduling, but. Or well, it takes them so uh, long to put the schedule together, Matt. Right, exactly. <laughs> They're always the last major conference to announce, and they still manage to uh, have things that make you scratch your heads. I mean, and it's, it has. It has backfired on the conference in the recent past. Remember USC a couple years ago? They, you know, I think it was with Darnold. They lost their first loss was a Friday night on the road after they played at Saturday night the week before. Like, what are you doing? You gotta, you gotta, you know, be smart with how you schedule. You ever see the SEC do that to Alabama mm-hmm. or Georgia or anyone for that matter? No. Yeah, well, because that's the thing is, it doesn't have to be special treatment. You could just make that right. for everyone. Just make hey, it for everyone. Whoever you're, you're a short whoever, week, you got the week off. Well, yeah. whoever you're aligned with on your bye, that's who you're playing the next week, and you're yeah. playing on Friday. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I It's doable, and I know it's doable because other conferences do it. But that's, again, whatever. You're probably right that it, it might be a ragged start. And I, you know, I think these are two coaches who prefer to play it kind of close to the vest that, you know, I know there's, I know Howler's written about the, the balance of, you know, the trick plays and Herm's sort of conservative nature. And, um, you know, and that's another reason why I think, you know, we don't see that type of production from Jaden Daniels, uh, you know, like I'm not sure Herm's the type of coach that wants an offense that's going to throw it, you know, 50 times a game for 400 yards. Don't, don't think that's in his DNA. So that's all right. Uh, you know, it's, it's worked fairly well so far and we'll see, man. I, you know, I'm just, uh, again, I've kind of, I've gotten focused on the future and it's impossible not to, but I could keep, I want to just make it clear. Like that second half was fantastic football and mm-hmm. it showed it, showed me it's in this team to have it, which I wondered, 
after two weeks, after three weeks, like maybe we just vastly overrated this team. <laughs> you know, like we thought it was good, maybe it's not. No, it's good. There's there's really good in there, and we just need to see it more often. Yeah, and I think we will. I hope so. Because this is the difference between a young team showing flashes and a veteran team, right? This yeah. is my hope. This is this is the the optimistic hats going on. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. A young team does this, and you say, "Great, we see they can get there." Then they backslide. Then they have a yeah. good game. Then they backslide. Yeah. With this, it, I think you could make an argument that it's been building on the defensive side of the ball every mm-hmm, week, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and the offense seems to have figured it out more or less for the last yeah. two games. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, that I guess is in, is encouraging is just the fact that after the Colorado game, I mean, we talked last week and I said, you know, I feel as good as I felt about this team. And then a week later, you can still say that. Mm-hmm. And and so it, it feels like you're you're building on something. It wasn't just an isolated like, oh, boy, we looked pretty bad for the first four games, and then well, we had a good half. And you know, is that fool's gold? Like like, okay, maybe the BYU loss was was the kick in the butt that we needed. Um, and and you know, we've we've kind of figured out like, all right, you know, hey, and and you know what? Maybe BYU was better than we gave credit for too. We'll mm-hmm. see. You know, time time will bear that out. But they're top ten team right now. Yeah, and and so you know maybe you look at that at the end of the year if they're twelve and zero or eleven and one and you think well you know what geez we lost on the road to a really good team there's not a lot of shame in that um, just you know we'll see but uh, yeah I just I like what I see the last couple of weeks and and uh, you know just I'll say this I mean after the after the win you know I felt this way and I still do five days later. I'm now at the point after beating UCLA that I feel like anything short of the Pac-12 title game is going to be a disappointment. Yeah. Well, I, I was already kind of at that point, but now that we've seen it's in there, like now I feel like, okay, do it, get it done. Because yeah. the, the window is, it's wide open for you to walk through. Yeah. I mean, the team has, the BYU loss was bad, but I, I agree with you. Maybe it kickstarted something and, and the team hasn't lost any, realistic goal for no, the outcome of the no. year. They can We're probably they, never going twelve and zero. Well I mean, and, you know, like, and the thing is they can still win the conference. They can right. still win the division. Right. And that's on that you know, the goal of a national title was unrealistic. It was. It and was, so you know and, and, and yeah. so if the realistic goal was win the South and play for the conference title, you're there. That's, and that was that was kind of my minimum baseline goal. I think it was yours too. And and yeah, it is it is wide open in front of you. When when I mean, we talked about it going into last week, and it still feels true that UCLA looked like the biggest impediment, just how every team had looked so far. And we played them on the road, like ugh, you know, well we beat them now. Mm-hmm. And and now I would probably say Utah is maybe the biggest impediment because they haven't lost a conference game yet either, and we play them on the road, but they don't look all that imposing i mean hopefully i won't eat those words but they they just don't right now um and so it feels like you know do it man do it like it it is right there for you and you know the north doesn't look all that tough like i mean you you take it a step further if we can get to the title game can we win it well i mean with oregon 
really, aside from the Ohio State game, Oregon hasn't looked great. They've been okay. But, you know, like, they, they struggled to beat Fresno. It was a, you know, two-point game against Arizona in the fourth mm-hmm. quarter. Uh, you know, they, they lost to Stanford. They haven't looked invincible. And the rest of the North, we know, has not looked good. So, you know, I don't want to get ahead of myself, but I will. I kind of feel like winning the conference is a very attainable goal. Well, let's play a hypothetical game. Would you rather win out in the South but play Oregon in the conference title game or Mm -hmm. lose at Oregon State but have Oregon State be up two games going into the Civil War and they win the North? Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's an interesting one. I mean, you know, you you feel like with Oregon – even like I said, even though we haven't seen it much, that there's so much talent there that they are the they are still the best team in the conference. Yeah, that's kind of and and what we saw at Ohio State showed, you know, for them that was like what we did against UCLA in the second half. Like if you're an Oregon fan, you're thinking, well, it's it's in there. We saw it. We mm-hmm. saw this team look really good, um, but they've also had a ton of injuries. Now CJ Verdell's out for the year. Uh, you know, they, they lost Justin Flo for the year. Um, you know, Thibodeau's been in and out of the line. Like, I mean, they've had a lot of injuries. And so you think, like, maybe they're maybe they're not necessarily not good, but maybe it's just not going to happen this year for them the way you would have hoped if, if you're an Oregon fan. And I, I don't know. I mean, I think I'd probably choose the former. I'd probably choose the win out and go into the conference title game 11-1. and one. Because, mm-hmm. again – that, that opens things, I mean, you know, that gives you even just like the faintest dream of a CFP spot. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably very faint, but, you know, a 12-1 and one Pac-12 champ would, would at least be in the mix. Yeah, uh, They need a little help, but, you know, be in the mix. Well, and I think you're get. I, I do think now that, that a 12-1 and one Pac-12 champion probably best the ACC champ? Probably. Probably, yeah. Yeah, I mean, the, 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 the reason I say it's a faint hope is, you know, Big Ten. Cincinnati. And it, Big Ten and SEC look like they could take three, maybe all four spots, potentially. Then you got Cincinnati. You still got the Big 12. I mean, Oklahoma, you know, they've been maligned, but they're undefeated. Oklahoma mm-hmm. State's undefeated. Texas has the one loss, but they're undefeated. And kind of like, you know, the Big 12 looks like they've got some teams. And then you got Cincinnati, and then you got BYU. Mm-hmm. And if we're in a beauty contest against BYU, and I know I am jumping way ahead, and that's probably not going to happen, but they beat us. So, probably not for either team. It, it probably is not, you know. But if if both teams, like let's say BYU is eleven and one, and we're twelve and one, you know, the fact they beat us and beat us relatively convincingly. I mean, you know, it wasn't a, a last second game. field goal. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, you know, like we can watch it as fans and say, "Well, we were the better team," but. The score does not indicate we were the better team or even close to it. You well, know, like it most, wasn't a most people 26, didn't watch it. 24 last second field goal. Yeah, most people didn't watch it. So. Exactly, because it was on at 10.30 Eastern. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, again, that's a conversation for later. And I, I you know. I, I, really I opened the door with my hypothetical. I just. You did, you did. Yeah. And I, I walked through it willingly. Uh, you know, like, I don't think, first of all, I don't. I don't think we're going to go 11 and one. I am, you know, I think uh, a somewhat realistic hope is to go 10 and two though. I, I, you know, we, we, let's say we win everything, but one of the, one of those Northwest road games, I think that's 
not crazy to think is possible, right? No. I, I mean, the way we've played and the and and the quality of team we're playing, we're not, you know, we're not going through the SEC West here. You know, we we don't have that many tough opponents in front of us, I don't believe. Mhm. Yeah, I agree. So we'll see. We'll see. You know, a long ways to go. And again, all this optimism I'm spewing forth could be gone in, you know, 30 hours if we come out and lay an egg tomorrow. Well, let's bring uh, it back uh, to know, tomorrow. So. Let's yeah, yeah. let's make our picks. So Stanford has had a win over SC and a win over Oregon. Yeah. They, but a loss to Kansas State and a loss to UCLA. Yeah. Not terrible losses, but still – you know, they've been a little up and down. And we're catching them after an up, so you would think maybe a down. Maybe. Maybe, yeah. Yeah. So I, Good I'll, quarterback. Probably the, probably the best passing quarterback we've seen this year. Well, our strength uh, is know. supposedly the five-man secondary. Right, right. Now, they lost their top receiver for the year. He got hurt last week. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so that, that could, you know, dent their passing game. And, and you know, it's a, it's a David Shaw offense, and that's – not meant as an insult, they're not going to, you know, it's not facing Lincoln Riley's Oklahoma teams where they're going to just spread you out and throw it all over you. But the kid's good, you know, he's got, he's got a good arm. And I mean, that, that first loss came with the other quarterback. I don't, don't quite know what they saw or what they missed, but this kid appears to be much better. Um, and, and, you know, so it, it'll challenge us because we really haven't faced a good passing quarterback. I mean, BYU didn't really throw the ball that well. Uh, they did okay, but, you know, uh, Thompson Robinson's more of a runner. Colorado quarterback just wasn't very good overall at all. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, so it'll, it'll be a different test for this defense. Yeah, and, and the one thing that Shaw does is he recruits big linemen and good tight ends. Yeah, yeah. And, and, we and have you it. know what you're going to get. You know, they're, well, they're going to run and, it. And you, UCLA exploited us with their tight end. That, that yes, to me, that's where I was going with that. Is yeah, you know, if that's a hole, if our if linebacker coverage is a hole, this is a team with good running backs and and good tight end mm-hmm. play that mm-hmm. could exploit that. So you're yeah. gonna need a really good game, and you're missing Soeli for the first half. Right, right, which hurts. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I mean, yeah, that's the that's the thing with Stanford. You know, Shaw's been around a long time. And, you know, I mean, they've played the same style really with Harbaugh. Like, you know, what, you know, there's not a lot of tricks. They're, they're not going to, they're not going to come out and, you know, run the, the read zone or the, you know, spread offense or anything. Like, you, you know what you're going to get. We've seen it. We've played them not every year, but, you know, relatively consistently enough. So you just, you just got to be better than them. And that's not easy to do, uh, you know, but, but we talked about Stanford before the year and it's still true. You know, they don't have the the vast amount of like difference making talent that they've had in the past. You know, you don't like this McKee kid, the quarterback. He could he could be an NFL player. It feels like, but you don't look up and down that roster and think like, wow, there's a there's a couple NFL tight ends and there's an NFL running back and there's an NFL tackle and not not really seeing that right now. So yeah. it, it's 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 a good team, but it's not a great team. Yeah, but they they also. You're going to have to beat them, that and that's been yeah. the mark of every David Shaw team. They they're not going to beat themselves, right? You're going to have to beat them. You're going to have to outplay them, and you're going to have to not make mistakes because they'll yeah. exploit themselves. Yeah. So yeah, a, a BYU like performance will get you beat in this game. If yeah. you have a bunch of penalties, 
and even maybe a performance like the first half against UCLA, you take away the offensive explosiveness that we showed. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the, the penalties, I mean, God, those, those still like, God, uh, you know, the field on a punt return too many men on the field on a you know a first and goal or it wasn't at a false start on third and goal uh you know the the fumbled punt return the kickoff you take out of the end zone i mean it's just a litany of things like those get you beat against good teams and i think stanford is is exactly that a good team not great but good mm-hmm. and and certainly capable of taking advantage of stupidity if you give it to them yeah um so let's make picks. Um, I I think it's going to be a sluggish start. So I'm going to say, you know, ASU 24-21. Okay, okay. Uh, I, think it, I think lower scoring, I don't know what the over-under point total is, but if it's anything over 55, I would certainly take the over. Um or the under, I should say, excuse me. Um, uh, I'm going to say probably similar to you. I'm going to go, uh, I'm going to go 27 to 14 ASU. I think we, we, we win it relatively comfortably, but it's a grind. Not, it's not a game that we're just like, you know, cruising in the second half. I don't, I don't see that being the case. No. Well, and I think that it's going to feel stylistically like the, uh, Colorado first half in that there's just yeah. not gonna you're you're just not gonna get the ball for a ton of drives. Yeah, that's exactly. I was gonna say it might be another one of those low possession games. You might have you know nine or ten total possessions in this game because both teams you know prefer to run the ball. Uh, both teams have pretty solid defenses, not great but solid. Uh, you know, I just it feels like a game where yeah you're you're not gonna have it be going back and forth, back and forth, and you know a whole bunch of passing and possessions. Uh, it's probably going to be a, you know, earn your way down the field and make them do the same. And, you know, who, who finishes drives better, basically. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, it, it should be a good game. I, I hope they can get a crowd for it. Um, Hopefully. Yeah. I mean, Friday night isn't, isn't great. I mean, you know, like well, a, they're doing everything you know, they always, can on social media to try to get they people are, to come. They are, you know, and I know there's always excuses. I mean, Saturday night you hear the, you know, the game's too late on a Saturday and there's other thing, you know, but, um, I mean, I, you know, the, the traffic around ASU on a weeknight is never that fun. And then you add in a game and, you know, we'll see, hopefully there's, there's some juice and, and, you know, some excitement after last week. And, uh, I don't expect it to be a packed house, but hopefully pretty good. Um, and you know, hopefully we put on a good show. Uh, we've talked about the struggles in recruiting and those aren't going to be solved by a good, you know, but Hey, you're on national TV. You got an exclusive audience, no other college games on at that time. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, you put on a good show and maybe a recruiter two out there thinks, Hey, what am I going to Arizona state? Why not? Who, who wouldn't want to go? I mean, you know, it's a great place. You just got to. You got to get in the door. You got to get them in the front door, and then they'll realize this is a nice house. Yeah, you got to get them in the front door, through the weight room, up the back stairwell, <laughs> to a to an illicit meeting with the head coach. Yeah, yeah. But uh, uh, you know, we'll see. I mean, uh, you know, I I was reading. I think it was um, Stuart Mandel on the Athletic. He does that mailbag, and he was talking. I think one of the questions this week was, you know, there's about Michigan State and how they hit the transfer portal so hard. And it appears that, you know, 
they've totally, you know, changed the team and it looks looked pretty good this year. And, you know, and I, I think that's our best hope for success next year. We're, we're going to have to hit that portal hard and we're going to have to get some transfers and some unheralded recruits and you can do it. I mean, that's, that's the beauty of the transfer portal is you can remake your team on the fly. Now it's probably where we're headed. So yeah. we'll see. Enjoy this ride, I guess. And, and after Saturday night, I'm enjoying it. And hopefully I'll continue to. Yeah. Well, we'll be back. We'll talk about it next week. We'll get into how that game went, what to look forward to in the next games, maybe talk a little baseball playoffs. But uh, Yes, yes. Until next time, he's Matt. I'm Ben. It's the Ben and Matt Sportscast.